Welcome in, welcome in once again to Scout Team Sports. I am your host, DeValiant. We are in week 14 already, already on the back end, well on the back end of the season. Even with extra game, we are almost toward the end here of the 2021 NFL season. Uh, and we're doing week 14 once again. Um, appreciate all my subscribers. Appreciate everyone who's been rocking with me for this long and uh, I'm just enjoying this ride, and like I said, I'm continuing to grow, I'm continuing to learn. Um, shout out to all those who um, it will, are listening as part of the uh, David Shan's uh, Facebook group. Um, I'm wishing everybody the best there in their podcast endeavors, and I appreciate anybody who's supporting me uh, with this podcast from that Facebook group. Um, but once again, Scout Team Sports, we are rolling, moving right along into this NFL 2021 season, week 14 here. And we're beginning with the Thursday night football matchup, which is the Steelers uh, going on the road to face the Minnesota Vikings. Steelers coming off of a win, impressive win uh, against the Ravens. I'm not surprised that they won. I mean, it's always like this, always has been like this when both these teams are competitive. I don't see either team uh, as fully dominant over the other. I would expect them every year to split the season series. And then if they meet in the playoffs, then, of course, somebody has to get the nod. Somebody has to get the two out of three wins uh, total uh, for the season including the playoffs. Um, but yeah, not surprised that the Pittsburgh Steelers grit and grinded their way to a win. It's not going to be uh, nice and pretty. And I mean, even Mike Thomas said that the last time they won the Super Bowl, uh, the Steelers won the Super Bowl. That's just their style. It's it's dirty. It's gritty. It's ugly. Uh, it's not, you know, everything is pretty. Everything is nice. Everything is clean. Everything is well executed. No, it's just grinding your way to a win. Uh, that's his style. That's his coaching style. And, you know, his team portrays that, especially with the defense leading the way. Uh, and I think that they will definitely lead the way in this game. Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. Look, if any Vikings fans are out there listening, I apologize for last week. But look, I told you, I told you this was going to happen because it's just the way it goes. Okay. I don't make the rules here. I said that. <laughs> I said that I was going to pick the Vikings because if I picked them, that meant that the Lions were going to win. That That's how it works. It's, it's the weirdest thing, especially with these winless teams. And we'll get more into the Lions uh, on the way down the pick em line here. Uh, but, yeah, not surprised that the Vikings lost to the Lions, and coming off of that loss, going into this Thursday night football game on the short week, um, I think they're still reeling from that, number one. Number two, and even more importantly, um, Dalvin Cook is questionable. Of course, not surprised. And I'm not knocking Dalvin Cook himself. I like him as a running back. Like I said, I was just really hurt several years ago when he was my number one pick in fantasy. And he got hurt the first game and was done. And it just ruined things for me. Ever since then, he's been a problem for me. Maybe not for you, but for me. So, I can't trust this team. I cannot trust the Minnesota Vikings. Not only 
losing to a winless team in the Lions. But look, if you look at the stats, if you look at the numbers, you're going to say, oh, well, the Vikings have a better offense than the Steelers. They are eighth. They rank eighth uh, in the league, and they're seventh in passing, 15th in rushing. Well, the bread and butter of this team is Dalvin Cook. It's not Kirk Cousins and Jefferson at the receiving end. Um, it's Dalvin Cook. When he's healthy, they are fully operational on offense, and he is the star of the show. When they're not, when he's not fully healthy, when he's not doing well, or when he's not even in the game, of course, Kirk Cousins' numbers are going to be higher because they're going to pass more because they don't have Dalvin Cook in the backfield. And more likely than not, they're trying to come back and win a game from being down. That's why they have to pass more. You know, they, everybody talks is talking about Tom Brady right now, uh, you know, and his passing yards and his passing TDs. But most of the games, most of the games, not all the games, but most of the games, look at what he has to do late in the game. They're winning a lot of close games, which mean he, means he has to pass the football. In close games, they're not putting the ball in the running back's hands. They're putting the ball in Tom Brady's hands. So if that's going to happen more often than not, of course, his numbers are going to be better. That means his numbers are going to be higher because he takes more attempts, more pass attempts. So, and likewise, in this sense, I don't buy that just because uh, I just because the the Vikings' offense is eighth overall, seventh in passing, meaning I should take them over the Steelers. Look at the football games. Look at how they play. Okay, they just lost to a winless team in the Lions, and their def their defense is ranked 29th. So if the Vikings defense is ranked 29th, even as slow and as old typically as the Steelers offense is, if their defense can pin you down long enough to where they only have to worry about Kirk Cousins in the passing game, they can get a five or six or seven point lead and hold it. I'm confident in that. So I'm picking the Steelers on the road to win this football game. Plus, I definitely just see them as hungrier for a playoff spot. I definitely see them as hungrier for a playoff spot. I was thinking it was going to be uh, Ravens and then Browns making the playoffs and then maybe the Bengals uh, in uh, the AFC North. Now the Steelers are coming on, and now you don't know what's going to happen in AFC North. It's exciting, interesting. Nerve-wracking for all the teams in the AFC North as far as the fans. But I trust the Steelers a lot more here. They've got a lot more to play for. They're hungrier. And I just don't see the Vikings. Like, what do the Vikings have to play for, number one? Two, what are they going to do with the same old thing? Kirk Cousins passing. Not enough help from Dalvin Cook if if he even plays. And if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. It's the same old thing with them, and then their defense is bad. And typically, Kirk Cousins does not do well in primetime games. So why would I pick them? Why would anybody pick them? It's just not smart. Even if they do somehow come out with a victory here, it's just not a smart pick. They're just not a smart, educated pick. And that's what we do here at Scout Team Sports. Education. Isn't it wonderful? So, picking the Steelers. Over the Vikings on Thursday night football. We're moving on to the Sunday games. And we're getting into a very, very interesting matchup. Only two games apart. 
Dallas Cowboys at division rivals Washington football team. Yes, the Washington football team. And see, the, the biggest the biggest fiasco in this mind-boggling uh, matchup here is both these teams face the Raiders. You would think, with Dallas being typically a better team, that they were the ones who beat the Raiders. No! The Cowboys lost to the Raiders, but then Washington football team just beat the Raiders. I, I, I don't get it. Help, help, help. I don't get it. Go figure. Anyway, these two teams, the matchup between the two, I still give the edge to Dallas because Dallas has a better offense. Now, is that the main reason or the only reason? Of course not. But when you think about the power of the Cowboys offense going up against Washington football team's defense, that's a power versus a power, in my opinion. The strongest point of the Cowboys, I believe, is their offense. The strongest point of Washington football team is their defense. So you would have to count the opposites on both teams as their weakest link. Okay, So that would mean that Washington football team's offense is their weakest link between the two, offense and defense. And the Cowboys' defense is their weakest link between the two, their offense and defense. That doesn't necessarily mean that the defense of the Cowboys is bad. It just means it's not as strong of an entity on this football team as the offense is. When everybody's fully healthy, when nobody's in COVID protocol, all in, and so on and so forth. Okay? So if you're talking about the weakest link matchup, I still have to go with, and it's slight because Tyler Henneke has been doing some, some weird stuff, been coming out with some strong wins. I mean, even on the, you go on the road anywhere, in loud, especially in loud Las Vegas, you go on the road and you lead your team to a victory, and this isn't the first time he's done it, even if it is a horrible scoring game, even if it is a low scoring game, if you do that, even if you win by a field goal or one point, that's impressive. Especially for a guy who probably nobody thought probably deserved, including me, deserved to be a starting quarterback. Definitely not over somebody like Cam Newton, who I think should have got the job once he got cut from New England. But his old coach didn't want him back. But even still, I don't see how, I mean, if some way, somehow, Washington football team still does make the playoffs. I mean, I, I sincerely think it's going to be another one and done. Because, again, when those when the bright lights come on again... In the playoffs, and it's Tyler Henneke's time, you know, the same thing that happened last last year. He did well, but the team still lost. They lost to the Bucks. They're in a competitive NFC. What are you going to do when you get to the playoffs and just one and done? Is that is that progress? Uh, I don't think so. So, picking the Cowboys, I just think they're a better team, and I think they're hungry to stay on top of the NFC East uh, and win their division. So I'm picking them slightly, but I think this might be a slightly high-scoring game. I know that Washington would probably want to keep it low-scoring, but I know that Dallas knows that if they want to win this game, they're going to need at least four touchdowns. They get four touchdowns, I think that's enough. I don't think Tyler Henneke has it in him to lead this offense, although I love, uh, I always love Scary Terry at wideout. And I like Antonio Gibson as a running back. He doesn't perform well all the time, but I like his. I like what he's done so far overall. I like those two weapons, but I just don't think it's enough. 
because the guy who's leading at quarterback, he's got to be able to make more plays. And I don't think he's able to do that. I call it what you will, offensive line, uh, the game plan, coaching, whatever you want to call it. You know, I think, honestly, I would have loved to see what Ryan Fitzpatrick could have done with this team. Uh, but it's unfortunate he's not in there. But he's older. Hennick is younger. You figure moving forward, that's what it's going to be. And, I mean, Fitzpatrick was only on a one-year deal anyway. So I'm still picking, again, the Cowboys to get a hard-fought road win over Washington football team. Next, we're running through this game. I know I know what's happened in the past with the Jaguars' two surprising wins. Um, even though I think they're a worse team than the, than the Detroit Lions. Uh, but uh, they're going into Tennessee to face the Titans. Uh, but I don't see the Titans losing this game. Titans are not losing this game. Even though, uh, you know, to me, sometimes they're shaky. Uh, in terms of uh, their offense, and it's like it's like who's gonna show up today? Are we all gonna rely on Derrick Henry to do everything for us, or is the passing game gonna actually uh, take effect here? Um, you know, I, I would think that it should be better, even if you didn't have star wideouts as AJ Brown and um, and Julio Jones, whether they're available or not. I would think that. When Tannehill got the job and he wowed everybody coming in through midway through the season and he got the team all the way to the AFC Championship game, you could have built off of that and at least he had would have had consistent play. I haven't seen that. So um, with that being said, if we're just going to rely on Derrick Henry, I think that's enough. I think that's enough. Uh, even though I think this Jaguars defense will put up a fight, a good fight, I think that will be enough. Because overall, Tennessee is just a better football team. But man, I do not trust Ryan Tannehill. I, I was like, um, I'm high, I'm low, I'm up, I'm down. But he's just not consistent enough for me. Uh, and he, I mean, in a close game, you know, he could throw a pick and then all of a sudden the Jaguars are, you know, Jaguars are going to have to win like all their games 9-7 to seven or 9-6. to six. Like they're going to have to win all their games like that, 10-7. to Because they're not scoring that much. And I feel, you know, I feel bad for the young rookie quarterback. But, I mean, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's got time. He's got time. Uh, but um, he's he's fighting, he's struggling, and they're just not a high-scoring offense. I mean, even an average-scoring offense. So if they're going to win, it's going to be a low-scoring, knockdown, drag-out fight game. But even then, I still think the Titans would win a 14-10 to 10 game, you know, or 17-14 to 14 game. So I'm picking the Titans uh, here over of the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, and they should improve to 9-4. and four. Next, we go to the Seahawks at Houston Texans. Uh, Jamal Adams is done for the season. He's got uh, season-ending shoulder surgery coming up, and so he is done for the season. Uh, I really don't see the Seahawks having anything to play for here. Uh, and, of course, you know, we know how bad Houston is. So I'm going to go for the upset. I'm going to go for Houston uh, winning this football game. I'm going to go for Tyrod Taylor playing a safe game, playing a conservative game, uh, and getting the win for Houston here at home against Russell Wilson, who I think is already checked out as far as uh, playing for the Seattle Seahawks. And he's just going to go through the motions and do it, do what he needs to do in order to finish out this season. But I think uh, because of that, and I don't, I mean, the Seahawks really don't have anything else uh, formidable 
And it's just really unfortunate for DK Metcalf because I still think that he's an ultimate star in this league. He's just on the wrong team, in my opinion. Um, Yeah, going to go with the Houston Texans over the Seahawks. Next, we have critical, crucial game for, I think, for both teams. The Raiders of Las Vegas going to KC to face the Chiefs. Now, this is another division matchup where uh, in years past, it seems like, you know, of course the Chiefs had the uh, had the Raiders number as long as Pat Mahomes was at the helm. However, last year they split the season series and they beat each other in each other's house. So they both had road wins against each other. Um, this one, I, I'm, I just, man, I want to pick the Raiders, but it's just they're so inconsistent right now. And, and it's the worst type of inconsistency that is possible in the NFL. What do I mean? You beat good teams and you lose to bad teams. That, for the life of me, is one of the most annoying things about rooting for a team that you love. Look, I get it. They're not championship caliber. I get that part. But at least... I would still be okay with if they beat all the average and bad teams and lost to the good teams. I'd be okay with that because I know what caliber of team they are. What irritates me is you look like world beaters against the Cowboys and then you lose to the Giants and Washington football team who are clearly not as good as the Cowboys are. What's your problem? Anyway, I know, I know, the Raiders have gone through a lot. I've always kept that in mind. I've always kept that in mind. But then you got to you got to say, well, right after Gruden was gone, they did come out and they handily beat the Broncos. Okay? Yes, after they lost Rugs, then they came out and handily lost to the Giants. So, it it's inconsistent. I get it. Um you know, a lot of people are talking about Derek Carr and um and his his performance, he's doing well. I get that. But look, Ever since Gruden was, has been there, it's been about the running game. Gruden's gone. Yes, true. But it's still overall, to me, it seems like they're still playing Gruden-type style football. And especially since they don't have their deep threat in rugs, who, yes, Deshaun Jackson is a decent replacement, but he still is up in age. He's not what he used to be. He can run in a straight line. He can still do that. But he's not Henry Ruggs. He's not. It's the youth, the speed does matter, and it's, it's, it's a big difference. And so Derek Carr just doesn't have the deep threat that I believe he's comfortable with. And uh, learning to adjust to Deshaun Jackson, I think, is different. He's got good to mid-speed to somewhat maybe he can burn a little bit on single coverage on the outside. But if a safety sees that, if you have a decent safety on the other side, he's going to be able to cover Deshaun Jackson, I think. As far as a double team, we're covering over the top so that Deshaun doesn't beat uh, the cornerback deep. So, um, you know, again, the passing game being the primary effect of this team is totally opposite from what they have been in the last few years. And number one, that's because Gruden's not there. Two, they traded half of their three-quarter, three-fifths of their offensive line away in the offseason. So when you have younger guys in there 
with less experience, especially coming out of college, what are they all primed to do? What are they all taught mainly to do is to focus more on pass blocking and protecting the quarterback than they are run blocking. So naturally, if you have half or at least almost a whole brand new offensive line, they're going to focus more on the passing game or at least be somewhat more decent in pass blocking than they are in run blocking. If you had your original offensive line and not traded away three-fifths of them, along with Richie Incognito not playing, who you, which you weren't um, prepared for, then you would actually be able to run the football. But I think that they're passing the football because that is their only option. Their rushing attack is horrible. And with Josh Jacobs and the ground and pound between the tackles, that shouldn't be happening. But they can't run block because the guys who were the veterans, who were the run blockers, who were the ones who could run block and pass block are not there anymore. So they have to pass block because that's the only thing that they can do halfway decent. And so Derek Carr is having to pass more. And then when the offense doesn't produce early in the games, they're having to come back from deficits early in the game. And so Derek Carr is going to have to pass more. And if they're always in close games, and guess what? Derek Carr is going to have to pass more. That doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, he's just this so great quarterback because they've got the second-ranked passing attack. Passing because you're good is different from passing because you have to. Those are two different things. And yes, sometimes they can get blurred. I get that part. But let's see Derek Carr pass the football on a consistent basis when he doesn't have to when they're not behind because they know how bad their defense is and they don't keep up with the other team's offense in terms of scoring. So they're down 14 points, they're down 10 points, and they have to pass more in order to get back in the game. That inflates Derek Carr's numbers, and it doesn't mean that he's necessarily such a good quarterback because he has these higher numbers. It just means they didn't get the job done in early drives when they should have, so now they have no other choice but to pass the football. And again, if their offensive line is young and inexperienced and especially getting all these unnecessary penalties that are putting them in third and t- third and 15 and third and 20, Alex Leatherwood, then this is what you get. And if Derek Carr completes a pass and they convert a third and 20, woo! I'd much rather you just run the football, get to second and five, convert a second and five pass or convert a third and two pass. But you're forcing yourself because of your bad play and lack of running game and lack of run blocking to have to convert third and longs. And Derek Carr completes, not all the time, but completes, and his numbers are high. That's what it is. If you watch the games, you'll know. Anyway, had to do that. (laughs) Had to do that. And it's for that reason. I don't think the Raiders will win this game. I want them to. I want to pick them so bad. Because like I said, to me, this is like a Ravens-Steelers thing. This is like a Bengals-Ravens thing. Where these teams are so uh, into beating each other. And such a such a vicious rivalry. That I think that, you know, they. I don't see any either team being fully dominant over the other. And I see one team, uh, you know, just beating the other team after they got beat. By that rival, the last game, the last go around, 
I wish it was like that. And I want to believe it was like that. I definitely saw that it was like that last year because the Raiders almost swept the Chiefs. But now I think it's different. Raiders have gone through too much. And I think the Raiders don't have enough in the tank to stop Pat Mahomes, number one. And two, even though the Chiefs defense is 24th ranked, the Raiders just have a knack for starting slow. They can't seem to be able to jump on a team or jump on a defense and put up points and put up touchdowns early in the game when they need to and take advantage of a team when they need to. I mean, they just signed their kicker, kicker Daniel Carlson, to a four-year extension because he's doing so well. That's great that he's doing so well. But why is he doing so well? Because he has to kick so much more because you can't score touchdowns. Raiders offense. That's why your kicker just got a four-year, $18.4 million uh, extension. It's not impressive. They're signing him because they need him. And the kicker, while the kicker is important to do his job, you shouldn't need a kicker that much. All right, I'm done. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'll try. I really will. I'll try. I got the next couple of days to relax, relate, release, and let this go. But I'm picking the Chiefs over the Raiders. We're going to stop right there, and we're going to take a break. We'll be back after this message from our sponsor. This is Scout Team Sports. I am DeValiant. Be back in a minute. Scout Team Sports, and we're back in and back on the second half here of our predictions and analysis for week 14 of the 2021 NFL season. Week 14, it's almost over. Try to enjoy it while it lasts. Because once it's gone, it's gone. We're on to the playoffs, and then we're done. Yeah, that didn't sound good at all. I'm sorry. My bad. Let's enjoy the moment. Okay. We're going on. We're moving on here. And our next predictions and analysis will come for the game of the New Orleans Saints as they go on the road to face the New York Jets. Um, I like the Saints in this one, but not by much. Um, You know, I think, you know, Taysom, Taysom Hill... Uh, is, you know, just thrust into this position by default, of course, because uh, Jameis Winston was picked as the guy in terms of the quarterback controversy and competition in the offseason. He's out for the season several, several weeks back. And then it's between Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon. Um, And of course, uh, Taysom Hill did not do well uh, against the Cowboys throwing four interceptions. And so, uh, it's, you know, I understand it. I, I don't think that, you know, this was this type of offense was really meant for him. One that uh, would need to utilize, you know, a high powered passing offense. And I mean, he's he's a running quarterback, just plain and simple. He would much rather run with the football than pass with the football. Um, you could see that it's evident by, you know, how he stands in the pocket and he's just itching to go. <laughs> you could just see it. You could just see he's itching to go. So I really don't blame him for that. Um, but I think that the Saints defense should have enough to seal this game as long as the Saints can get ahead by a touchdown and a field goal, at least 10 points. They should be able to hold it. 
Um, I do like uh, Zach Wilson. Um, you know, I've seen the throws that he's made. He's always under pressure because the Jets are so bad. But even under pressure, he's made some good throws. He's made some good throws. So that shows promise. If he can get a decent blocking offensive line and he can have decent weapons, I think Zach Wilson's numbers would definitely improve and you would start to see the Jets actually win football games. But as has been their case for I don't know how many years, I've lost count. Uh, they just don't want to. They just don't want to build around anybody for some reason. They just want to be who they are and not get better. All right, fine. You do you. Just fine. But with the dead last worst defense in the league, even Taysom Hill and or Trevor Simeon, whoever they pick this week. <laughs> should be able to do something somewhat of damage in terms of scoring points against this porous uh, Jets defense. And, of course, um, the Jets having a 13th-ranked passing offense is because they're always playing catch-up. Sometimes it's going to work for you. Most of the time, it's not, and that is why your record stands at 3-9. So, picking the Saints... Uh, to win, even if it's a low-scoring game or maybe even a high-scoring game if both defenses just don't feel like playing. Um, You know, because, I mean, as the Saints, you know, you know know after losing Drew Brees, it's rebuilding, especially when you're not even sure in the offseason who your quarterback's going to be. Plus, the one you pick, you lose um, for the rest of the season, uh, a quarter of the way through. So, I mean, I don't even know if, if... if the Saints are really about trying to win football games right now. I think they're just kind of going through the motions, doing what they got to do, playing because they got to play. You still love football. You still want to play. But, I mean, nobody's catching the Bucks. number one. You're not catching the Bucks for the division title. Two, there's already too many other competitive teams in the NFC uh, for a team like the Saints to grab a playoff spot, even if it is a seventh extra seed. I just don't see it. Um, But still... They're still better than the Jets, so they should win. And again, um, as as bad as the Saints have been um, offensively, they still should have enough to beat the Jets. So I'm picking the Saints over the Jets. Next, you have the battle of two five and seven teams. You have the classic um, matchup of what it used to be, except for it's not what it used to be in Matt Ryan versus Cam Newton. Um, yeah, I th- this is tough because both teams seem like they're they're on par with one another in terms of their caliber of goodness, if you want to call it competency. Um, I thought the Panthers would be better than what they are, um, even with the whole court quarterback issue. And I know quarterback is important. I don't believe it's the most important position uh, in football. I believe it's one of the most important positions in football, but the most important. No, I've seen teams uh, with good uh, teams built around a decent or average quarterback uh, win several uh, football games. I mean, look what's happening in New England. You cannot tell me that Mac Jones is just a superstar, but because of the coach he has, because of the defense they have, because of the running game they have, I mean, he needs a, he doesn't have to do much, and then when he does you know, they can still overcome whatever mistakes he makes. And you know Bill Belichick has him tamed to the point where you're not going to make too many mistakes. Even if you make a few, even make one here and one there, you're not going to make, I'm not going to allow you to make enough mistakes to cost us the football game. I will run the football every time to avoid you, quarterback, rookie quarterback, 
costing us the football game. So, I mean, if Belichick's smart enough to do that, I don't see why other teams would not be smart enough to do that. And when it comes to, um, you know, these two teams, and especially, like I said, especially the the Panthers with getting Cam back, uh, you know, trading for Sam Darnold, it seems like, okay, well, Cam's only here just to fill in for now. Don't think they're going to bring him back. It just doesn't seem like it. I, I think, uh, you know, it's up in the air in terms of Christian McCaffrey has to be consistently healthy. Like he needs, in order for the Panthers to function, to function, Christian McCaffrey has to be healthy consistently for a whole season. If he's not healthy for a whole season, the Panthers offense is not going to be at its best. And they're not, I don't think that they're playoff caliber. I just don't think. I don't think that they're playoff caliber because somewhere along the line with the games that he misses, they're going to lose and it's going to do them in. That's going to be it. Even if he comes back and they have a a wild wild stretch down at the end of the season, it won't be enough. It'll be too little, too late. Um, So with that being said, I don't really think this game matters. I know both teams are going to be competitive against one another division rival game. I'm going to go with the Falcons because, again, like I talk about all the time with Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, inconsistent, up, down, up, down, up, down. I think this week he gets one over. He gets one over. I'm going to give him this one. Just this one. (laughs) Just this one. Just because I really don't see too much of a difference between these two teams. You know, their offenses are below average. And their defenses, well, I'd give the edge to the Panthers' defense. But, you know, just the way games have been going now, I, I just don't see it. I'm just going to, you know, this is this is just, this is really a toss-up. Uh, I don't think either team has much to play for. I don't think either team's going to make the playoffs. But, so, like I said, these are the toughest games to pick. Who are you going to, you know, when they're average to mediocre at best teams and they're both on par with one another, I could see if one was on the cusp of trying to get a playoff spot, but I don't even see that here. So it's a coin flip. I'm going with the Falcons. Next, we have Baltimore at Cleveland with this interesting, I don't know what, AFC North division. Um, Browns are still in it, and a lot of people are counting the Browns out, but I think the Browns are still in it. Um, And I think they get the win this week. I think they get the win against the Ravens. Like I said, um, they beat the Ray. Uh, the Ravens beat them uh, just two weeks ago. And uh, you know, with these division rival games, it's so tough. But it's hard for me to pick one of these division teams to sweep anybody in their division. It's hard. It's so hard because they're these teams are so competitive. They know each other so well. And with the Ravens beating the Browns last time, I gotta go with the Browns this time. I got to go with the Browns this time. Doesn't mean I don't think that the Ravens uh, won't win a division. I think that they will. The Ravens will still win a division. They'll still be a higher seed than anybody else in their division in the playoffs. But I think because of these division rival games and how hard fought they are, I think the the Ravens are going to go down again after losing to the Steelers, probably another low-scoring game. Um, But I think the Browns eke one out here. I think... Their defense, I think Baker plays well enough to get them ahead 
and they win by field goal. And really, that's it. I don't see them dominating at all. But I think because these division rivals go back and forth with these teams and the AFC North is so interesting, um, multiple teams should make the playoffs. I'm saying the Ravens, and I'm not sure about who's going to come in second place. So, um, yeah, I got to go with the Browns here over the Ravens. And, you know, I really like Lamar Jackson, uh, but sometimes, you know, he's he just hasn't doesn't have it sometimes some weeks. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not a really good quarterback. I'd still pick him uh, over Baker Mayfield if I had to choose a quarterback for my team, for my franchise. But this week, I think the Browns get it done with a, a knockdown, drag-out fight, a hard fight, another low-scoring game. But this time, the Browns come out on top, a defensive turnover, score for a touchdown, and the Browns will seal this game. Next, we have Chargers at Giants. Boy, it seems like things are just lining up really nicely for the Chargers lately. And uh, I definitely believe that they get the win here. Uh, They are a better team than the Giants. They have them at home. uh, And, I mean, they just have a better quarterback. I take Herbert any day over Daniel Jones. Um, Again, the Giants are always questionable as far as their star players being healthy. So I can't trust them. Uh, and I would only trust them to beat much, much worse teams than they are. So, Chargers are better in every facet. There's no way that the Chargers should lose this game. Picking the Chargers over the Giants. Next, we have a tricky one. So, again, I told you, Detroit, that what my what my plan was, and it worked. I told you, in order for you to win a game, I had to pick against you. So, I picked. The Vikings, knowing that you would win. So, you're welcome. You're welcome, uh, Detroit Lions. It's because of me that you won your first game. I'm taking the credit. I'm taking it right now. I picked against you on purpose so that you would win. It's the craziest logic in the world, and it works. Don't tell me you haven't heard anything crazier. You have. All of you out there. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the reason why the Lions are now 1-10-1. This week they're going up against the Broncos, and I don't think they're going to win. I think the Broncos' defense will have enough to hold them off so that Teddy Bridgewater can help the Broncos get the victory here. And I think the Broncos improve to 7-6. and six. I think the Broncos improve to 7-6, and and they get the win slightly over the Lions. The Lions, uh, they can fight on offense. I will give them that. I will give them that. They can fight on offense, but it's their defense that's the problem. So if we're talking again about the weakest links, and we're talking about uh, which would be the Lions' defense uh, versus the Broncos' offense, I got to go with the Broncos offense. I trust Teddy Bridgewater to be smart to get the job done. I think he's had several weeks to where he's he's good from that concussion. Um, and I trust him to take care of the ball better as opposed to um, Jared Goff, who I know is going to play his best, is going to try to play well, but he's going to be going up against a seventh-ranked defense, and he's just going to have a much harder time on his end trying to score against that Broncos defense than Teddy Bridgewater will have trying to score against that Lions defense. It just really isn't fair. <laughs> it really isn't. So it's for that reason that I'm picking the Broncos to win at home over the Lions. 
Next, we have the Niners at the Bengals. Uh, I just think that the, the Bengals uh, are hungry and they want that playoff spot. They're going to go out and get it. I don't doubt that the Niners will play hard. Uh, and, you know, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo is looking good, but with the quarterback controversy and they're already projecting that he's not going to be there next year, I don't see why he would want to play for this team still. He's got his money. I I just don't see it. I just don't see what you know the team already wants to get rid of you halfway through the season. You probably knew that before the season started, thought that you can make a difference if you got in there and you played well, and he has played somewhat well. Um, but, I mean, the Niners have a lot more issues on offense and defense to fix, number one. Number two, it, I mean, they they picked Trey Lance third overall. They've got to go with him. They can't keep benching him. And, you know, it's just a thing nowadays. Rookie quarterbacks start much earlier on average. There aren't quarterbacks that sit for two or three years like they used to, and then they learn from the veteran quarterback and get groomed, and all of a sudden they go out there and it's boom, it's great. And I still think that that's a good process. But nowadays, when you draft a rookie quarterback, you're drafting him out of need. You're not drafting him because you have a good quarterback or an average quarterback or a decent veteran quarterback, and you can afford to sit the rookie for a year to two years possibly and then start him. Most teams who are drafting rookie quarterbacks now, they don't have that luxury. So, um, yeah, I, I just think there's too many issues with the Niners. Yes, they've won some games, but they're going up against, to me, a hungry for a playoff spot and still competing possibly for the division just because they're only, at this point, one game behind uh, the Ravens and the Bengals. And if the Bengals get a win here and the Browns beat the Ravens, then technically the the Bengals are in first place because they already have a head-to-head win against the Ravens. So, yeah, I think they're really going to want to fight for this one and get this win, and I think that they will. Bengals over the Niners. Next, we have Buffalo Bills against the Buccaneers. Boy, I just did not see the Bills being 7-5. and five. I, I just did not see that. Boy, I did not see that at all. I thought they had enough of a, a, a great of a caliber, a good of a caliber team to where they could be consistent year in and year out, especially with Josh Allen, the quarterback. I'm like, he's only going to go up from here. He's only going to get better, I'm thinking, uh, with the team that's around him. And, boy, they've been laying some eggs. I'm not surprised that they lost to New England. I picked New England to win that game just because New England's hot and they're rolling. You know, they start off slow, but then they start gaining steam, and then it's like you just can't stop them once they have a decent team, especially coached by Belichick. Um, and the Bills, I just don't see them winning this game either um, because the Buccaneers are doing what they need to do. They've already got their division on lock. Uh, you know, nobody's catching them. It's not the Saints or the Falcons or the um, or the Panthers are catching them. So now they're focused on playoff seeding. So um, I know this is an important game for them. It's going to be a good test for Tom Brady. I mean, it's not like he hasn't passed the test before, of course. But it's going to be a good competitive game, I believe. But I think the Bucks, uh, like they always do, will probably find a way to win this game by two points <laughs> and get the win. I don't think that Tom Brady is going to allow his team to lose right now because, like I said, they want that top spot. They want that top spot in the playoffs. They're gunning for it. Um and they're just a game behind. They're tied with the with the, the Packers, and they're just a game behind the Cardinals. Anything could happen. So I think they're really focused right now. And uh, even if it's a sloppy game and it's not that good, 
Um, I think that Tom Brady will get the job done, and the Buccaneers should win the game here against Buffalo. Like I said, I didn't see Buffalo at 7-5. and five. If they were perhaps 9-3 and three along with the Buccaneers, then I'd probably be picking the Buffalo Bills to win this game. But just because of how they've played, the teams that they've lost to, I mean, this, that's, that's not happening to Tom Brady. It's just not. You know, I'm going to give him his due a little bit. That's that's not happening. Tom Brady ain't losing to no Jaguars, okay? Even when they were good, he still beat them. But, I mean, you know, Bills, you can't do that. You can't lose to the bad teams when you're trying to be a championship-caliber team. You win half your games, at least, against the good teams, and you stomp a mud hole in the bad teams. The Bills haven't done that. So I can't trust them against a good team this go-around. So picking the Bucks to beat the Bills at home. Next, we have uh, Bears and Packers. Of course, there's the controversy with Aaron Rodgers talking about he owns the Bears, uh, and he still owns the Bears, and that's going to be a fuel for fire for the Bears, especially their defense. Um, but, of course, that's power versus power. That's Packers offense versus uh, Bears defense. The weakest links are what determine the game, and the weakest links are the Bears' offense against the Packers' defense. Who do you got? You got to go with the Packers' defense because Josh uh, Justin Fields is still growing, but he doesn't have any weapons. He doesn't have anything around him except for Allen Robinson. And if all you got is Allen Robinson, you double him, then what do you do? Then the young kid is running for his life, and he don't need to be running way too much because that will lead to an injury, and the Bears don't want that. Um, so... I just don't think that they have enough in the tank offensively. The Bears' defense, as good as they are and can be, will be on the field way too long. They'll be tired, and that's easy pickings for Aaron Rodgers any day of the week. It's not because Aaron Rodgers owns the Packers. It's because, I mean, it's not because Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. It's because the Bears don't have an offense to compete with Aaron Rodgers. That's what it's really about. That's not ownership. That's... You're only playing one side of the football, Aaron Rodgers. You're not playing defense against the opposing team's offense. So it would be one thing to say that the Packers as a whole own the Bears, but it's really because the Bears aren't competitive enough on offense. And if you're not competitive enough on offense, again, and like I said, balance wins championships, not defense. If the defense of the Bears is on the field too long, they're going to get tired. People forget that these guys are human. They really do. They forget that these guys are human. It's just the law of being human. You're on the field too long. You're going to get tired. You don't get enough rest. You're in line on the other side of football. Your teammates to do their job. They don't do their job. That wears on you mentally. That wears on you emotionally. It's hard to get back out there and try to win the game on your own, especially when you're the side of the football that doesn't have the typically the ball in your hands. So picking the Packers over the Bears. That is your Sunday night football matchup. Yeah, it's a division rival game, but I don't know. I just think that maybe I think I think the Buccaneer I think the Buccaneers and Bills is going to be a good game. Uh, even though I think the Bucks are going to win, I think that would have been a better Sunday night matchup. But I think most of the time they think, oh, let's put a division rival game on um, primetime television, and generally, generally, that's a safe bet. Generally, that's a safe bet. But you still have to look at the matchups. And I think ahead of time when they're making these 
uh, when they're making these schedules, you know, in the off season, I, I think they should think about these things better in terms of what's best for primetime TV. So if you knew the Bears were going to have a rookie quarterback going up against Aaron Rodgers, I don't think it was necessarily a smart deal to put this game on primetime television. That's just me. But nonetheless, that is your Sunday night football matchup. And then we get to a very, very exciting, I would hope for, Monday night football matchup in the L.A. Rams. Going on the road, not too far, to face their division rivals, the 10-2 best record in the NFC, best record in the NFL, Arizona Cardinals. So, in this one, this is this is tough. This is tough. Because, again, this is another one of those where I'm thinking, okay, they split the season series, right? Because they're both teams are both competitive. They're both going to the playoffs. Um, you know, and I just, I, I, I really do enjoy Kyler Murray and what he's been able to do. Um, you know, and he's got the former Raiders center snapping the ball for him. Yes, I put that in there. Yes, shameless jab. Yes, I did it. Do something about it. Man, tell you, oh, goodness. I should be a GM. I should. Or player personnel guy. Anyway, Cardinals looking very high-powered, looking very consistent. Yes, they have two losses, but, I mean, no team is perfect. Uh, going up against this L.A. Rams uh, football team. I don't get it about the Rams. It's like they're good, but then they just have these times where they just they just fall flat on their faces. They literally just fall flat on their faces. I trust Aaron Donald to be consistent. I trust Jalen Ramsey to be consistent. I trust most of their star players to be consistent. But, I mean, if you think about their offense, who really is a star? If you think about who really is a star and the best person you could say is a star is Matt Stafford, it's not saying much. Okay? I don't, I mean, the Rams, like I said, they're good. It's mainly because of their defense. But when you think about their offense, who really is like somebody to be feared? Who really is somebody that's just going to, uh, what they say, as a game changer? And I could spend a whole episode on just the term game changer because so many people overuse that and don't really understand what it means and don't know what they're talking about when they use the term. But I'm not going to go there this time. I'm save it. Save it for a later episode. But if you think about the Rams offense, it's a it's a bunch of good guys. That's what it is. Bada bang. That's that's really all it is. It's a bunch of good guys. It's nobody who's really standing out and as a team collectively, if they put everything together and they play as one, then yay. You know, maybe they can win the day. But I I really think that's what it is. It's like there's nobody who really puts them over the top. There's nobody on that offense, not even with Odell Beckham now. It's too late. You know, he's just learning everything. You know, he's you know injury prone, all that good stuff. Uh, bad stuff, actually. Uh, and then, like I said, if your biggest star player on your offense is Matt Stafford, or even worse, it's your head coach who's not even on the field, th- th- that's not... I just don't, like Like I said, they can compete with teams because of their defense. Their offense is competent, but there's nobody who, there's got to be that one or two guys that puts them over the top that you know you can rely on in tight games. And this is, this is, this is a future possible playoff matchup. So in a future possible playoff matchup, who you got? 
Right now, I'd have to take the Cardinals. And even then, I would have to take the Cardinals unless somebody or this offense as a whole with the Rams just rises up and just starts dominating everybody. Is that going to happen? I highly doubt it. So it's for that reason I have to pick the Cardinals here. I have to pick the Cardinals. But watch out because you know how it is when it, when a team has, is faced or tasked with beating a team three times in a season. So if the Cardinals get this win, um, if the Cardinals get this win, I mean, it, look, look, let's just wait to the playoffs. Let's just wait to the playoffs and see if these teams actually meet each other in the playoffs. Okay, and then we'll talk. Then we'll talk. But we've got to let, let's let the dominoes fall in place first. Okay, don't get excited. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Let's wait. Let's wait till this one's over. Then we can talk again. And then if they meet in the playoffs, then we'll talk again. Okay? But I'm picking the Cardinals right now over the Rams on Monday Night Football. Should be very exciting. I know the Rams are going to play hard. I know they're going to fight hard. If anything, if they can get Kyler Murray, the defense, the Rams can get Kyler Murray to fumble the football, force a fumble when he's running around, throw a pick when he's not ready then the Rams definitely have a shot at winning this game. But I'm going to put it on the Rams offense to get it done against the Cardinals D. And I think more often than not, they're going to come up short. So picking the Rams on Monday Night Football, I'm picking the, uh, the Cardinals rather, on Monday Night Football to beat the Rams. And like I said, we'll talk about a possible third matchup when it's time. Uh, we'll talk about that. Right now, that concludes your predictions and analysis for week 14 of the 2021 NFL season. I appreciate you. I really do. I appreciate you listening to this show consistently or if it's just for the first time. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, Believe until you stop breathing is what I always say. That's what I live by. My life is proof, uh, definitely proof that that's what you have to do in order uh, to succeed some people, maybe not all people, if you got it easier than that, I'm not hating on you, good for you, but me and the ones that I know, that's, that's a model that you need uh, to live by, because it literally seems like it's, it's like that a lot of your life, and you have to continue to believe, even in the darkest times, appreciate again everyone who is listening, who has subscribed, and please share this episode. Please share this podcast as we continue to grow. Again, shout out to the David, Shan, David Shans group on Facebook and all those who are beginning podcasts. Uh, and I hope that everybody is growing. I hope that everybody is learning, doing what they can. Uh, the biggest takeaway I had was, you know, just get started, which I've already gotten started and, and accumulate um the things that you need in order to be successful and just don't stop. Just don't stop. Just don't stop, as David was saying, uh, continuing on um, to move forward toward, you know, whatever it is that you want your podcast to be. So until next time, this is DeValiant with Scout Team Sports. Believe until you stop breathing. We'll see you in the next week's episode.